0: Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a brand new series we started last week called You Have the Words. I'm taking this uh, out of John 6, 6 sixty eight, where um, Jesus has said something pretty hard to uh, his disciples and this other big group that was following, they've all left except for the disciples. And Jesus looks at them and says, you guys leave in two. And P- Peter says to him, where should we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so we're, we're going to take some time this series to look at some of the amazing things that Jesus has said and, uh, and, and to sort of think about them during the week. Uh, I, I think it's a great um, process for you in your Christian walk to to just kind of reflect on and think about these situations, what it was like to be there, what was going on. Um, the first week we did this, last week we, we looked at uh, an encounter that Jesus has in John 1 with a couple of John the Baptist disciples and he asked them this question, you know, what do you want? And they, they, they're not really sure how to answer it, I don't think, because they said, well, where do you stay in? And um, You know, it's an amazing question, what do you want? And we took some time to talk about what that looks like and who is asking and why and what it means and I hope you thought about it this week. I hope that uh, that will be one of the things you continue to think about even as we press on. Um, it's a great uh, question that Jesus asked and it impacts us in so many areas of life so um, we're gonna move on today we're gonna look at another thing that Jesus said and, and sort of a situation that he's involved in and talk about that a little bit and see where we can uh, sort of get from that and, and give us something to think about during the week that's the intro transition a bad joke it was a little cool this week so I got a couple of chili jokes for you not about chili just like cold weather jokes um Penguins. Penguins, you know, it's, uh, the penguins are a very sort of ritualistic bird. Um, they live a very orderly and complex life, very committed to family um, and, and will mate for life. They, uh, they maintain a form of compassionate contact with their offspring throughout the offspring's life as well. And, and um, it, this is fascinating. When a penguin passes away, the other members of the family uh, and social circle will... They'll they'll gather around and they'll use you know their the the wings they, even they don't they don't not for flight but they'll use those and the, and beaks and whatever they can to dig a hole uh, deep enough for the the uh, deceased um, penguin to be rolled into uh, and covered up and buried and then uh, fascinatingly they gather around together in a big circle and they sing Freeze a jolly good fellow Freeze a jolly good fellow Now freeze a jolly okay just in case that didn't work two Eskimos are sitting in a kayak and it was getting cold so they decided to light a fire there in the craft and not surprisingly it sank proving once again you can't have your kayak and heat it too no? (laughs) worse or better than the first one? scripture reading here on purpose hallelujah John chapter 2 verses 13 through 22 when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple courts he found men selling cattle sheep, and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money so he made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple area both sheep and cattle he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. The Jews replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to sort of focus on today, um, out of John 2.16, this is in the New American Standard, but he said to those who were selling the doves, he said, Take these things away. Stop making my father's house a house of merchandise or a place of of business. So um, I want to think about today. Stop making my father's house a house of merchandise. The word in the Greek is actually emporium. Stop making my father's house an emporium. So what's going on here? What is Jesus upset about? What's really happening? What's taking place? And, And how do we relate all this into what we understand. Now that word house in the Hebrew could also have been translated temple and so that's really what's going on. This is happening at the temple in Jerusalem. Um, the, the, uh, the, the Jewish people are going, to, the ones that could, are going to Jerusalem to um, because it was Passover to spend this time at the temple. Um, now first point you your notes is that the temple represented the presence of God. And let me make a note, too, that that we don't do this. Now, we spent that whole last series talking about what the church is, and and I said the church was always about people, right? Remember, if you were here, that whole last series, it's not this facility, it's not a place. Don't confuse the church and the temple, because people start going, oh, well, these are the things that we can't do at church, and that's not true at all. This is a totally separate thing. And and the temple represented the presence of God. See, in the very beginning, um, in the Garden of Eden, God was fully present with creation with Adam and Eve all of creation was filled with the very presence of God you you could in effect say that all of creation was a temple for God's presence after the fall however when sin entered the world everything changed and the fallen world experienced the absence of God's presence because once sin entered the world um, God's presence and sin don't mix and so, so there was a separation. There was a, a, a something dr- dramatic, drastic happened. Dramatic happened, um, and and so the, the presence of God, uh, in effect, was, was withdrawn. Now, he was still in contact with Adam and Eve at some level, but everything was different. Adam and Eve, you know, suddenly knew all sorts of things about themselves, and they were hiding, and sacrifice now had to be made. Immediately, there was sacrifice made because they had to be clothed to begin the process of, of somehow dealing with sin in the short term. Um, uh, and, and so, um, there was an initial provision that God put in place um, for the return of his presence among his people. Uh, his ultimate will is uh, uh, that, that this will return fully. And those of you that were with us, we just finished all that study in Revelation. So, um, the, the initial provision was first the tabernacle and then, of course, the temple. In 1 Kings 6.1, we see finally, um, 480th year after the Israelites had come out of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, the second month, he began to build the temple of the Lord. And so the temple, this was the first time it was built. By the time we get to our encounter with Jesus in Jerusalem, the temple had been destroyed twice um, and, and they were rebuilding it for the third time. Um, Herod was rebuilding the temple um, by Jesus' time it was, it was fairly well uh, along in the process um, but the, they would continue to build the temple until um, 66 AD and then it would be destroyed completely in 70 AD so, um, so the temple existed again but, but um, not the way it had been initially but the temple was a representation of God's presence now the temple though had an outer court it had an inner court And and it had an inner sanctuary, which was known as the Holy of Holies. And this inner sanctuary was behind a thick curtain that separated it from everything else. And no one could enter the Holy of Holies except for the high priest, and then only once a year, under a perfect set of circumstances that he had to meet to go in and make atonement for the sins of the people. And, And so the Holy of Holies represented the literal presence of God in the earth, right there, in that spot that was it that was the presence of god in the earth was represented right there behind this thick curtain in the holy of holies no one had access except for the high priest and then only once a year to to go and sacrifice for the sins of the people that's how things work now let me say this going forward point two we now have access to the literal presence of god Because of Jesus. Jesus has changed everything by his coming and dying for us on the cross and paying for our sins. So things were about to change, but when Jesus was there at the temple, the temple still represented the presence of God on the earth. So you have to hang that in in your mind as we talk about this thing. Now Jesus is going to change everything. Uh, Hebrews 9, 1 through 3. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary a tabernacle was set up in its first room where the lampstand, stand the table and the consecrated bread and this was called the holy place behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place we were just talking about that uh, and that's how things were set up now in matthew 27 50 and 51 this was on the cross when jesus had cried out again in a loud voice he gave up his spirit at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom the earth shook and the rocks split not that doesn't get talked about all that much but but you need to understand that this curtain this thick curtain that, that it was it was virtually an indestructible curtain at the point of Jesus death on the cross that curtain historical fact ripped from top to bottom in the temple just ripped in two um, uh, Hebrews 10 19 through 25 gives us some more ideas about this therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are the habit of doing. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So when Jesus died on the cross, this curtain that had separated mankind from the presence of God was torn in two. Uh, it, it meant that in Christ we now have access to the literal presence of God in Christ we have confidence to enter the most holy place so so now think about the dynamic first and foremost that that before Jesus did what he did on the cross the the only place where the presence of God existed was in the holy of holies and we had no access to him um, in the process only the high priest and that only once a year to sacrifice for the sins of people but Jesus comes Fully God, fully man. He goes to the cross. He, he dies there on the cross and in his death because he's paid for sin now that curtain can be ripped away again because in Christ now we've made, we have a way to uh, have access to a perfect, sinless, holy God. And so things have been amazingly changed and restored in Christ. We talk about that here a lot. We have access to the most holy place in Christ. Th- you know, before Christ, just think about how, how they, 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 they just had, didn't have this kind of access. Now, this sort of goes back to the story. And so, um, and the third point um, is what are you focused on? Because I want you to think about this as we, as we think about this story. And remember, that the, the whole thing I want you to consider all week is stop making my father's house a market or an emporium. What was going on with that? What did he mean by that? Why was Jesus so angry? You don't often see Jesus get angry, um, but he does from time to time, which is good to know, because sometimes we think, oh, we can never get angry. It's not true. There's an appropriate anger. There's a righteous anger that we're allowed to have. You know, the Bible says, you know, don't, don't let the sun go down while you're angry, but, but there's some things that it's okay to get fired up angry about. This was one of them, because Jesus was consumed with zeal for his father's house, for the presence of God, and there was something going on that wasn't good. So what is it that's going on? Alright, there's two accounts um, of Jesus driving people like this out of the temple. There's this one in John and there's the one in the other Gospels. And I don't think they're the same one. I, this one chronologically seems to come at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry and it has this specific thing because all he says is, um, stop making my father's house an emporium. The other one later on, he's going to start talking about um, that, that it's supposed to be a place of prayer and he's going to deal with them again because they have um, um, set up business in the Gentile court um, so that, in effect, they've made it so that no one can get to God and they were supposed to be the people that, that God made himself known through. But this is different. This is right in the beginning of Jesus' ministry and he goes to the temple at Passover and he sees what's going on and he makes a whip and he drives all these people out of there. Stop making my father's house a place of business and emporium. So here's what's happening, is that um, we talked about this. The issue initially, we, we had this sin issue that was separating us from God, that separated people from God. And sin always separates us from God. Um, and if we don't know Jesus, that's, that's the issue. We're separate from a perfect holy God. That's why we need Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives. Um, the, in the Old Testament, what they would do to um, deal with sin because Jesus dealt for it once and for all but but what they needed to do was was they would offer sacrifices and and these were usually an animal sacrifice in the Old Testament and you think that's horrendous it was horrendous it was to remind people of how horrendous sin was Um, dealing with sin and and, um, uh, atoning for it um, was always supposed to be a difficult thing to do it was never supposed to be taken lightly or for granted and in effect when you read through the Old Testament you would find that that to deal with their sin they were actually to take an animal that was perfect in every way, from, that, that meant something to them. Um, at the Passover celebration, they would actually take a perfect one-year-old lamb into their home for several days before it was sacrificed. And, and so at that point, it had almost become like a pet. Think about it. And that was because sin was such a huge deal. You think that seems mean and everything? Sin is horrendous. And so so this was the process that was supposed to happen. Over time what had happened is people traveled and stuff, it began to get more and more difficult to do that. And so initially somebody said, well, here's what we'll do. We'll have some, uh, we'll have some animals there for you and you can just come and you can buy them and then you can sacrifice those animals. And so that be, sort of became the standard uh, of what was happening. So you had people selling animals for sacrifice and you had people coming from all over with different kinds of money. So you had money changers there who were set up and they would come in and they would do these things. Now, um, the problem that Jesus saw was, was, was this, with, with both this process. First, the people who had set up shop there, um, that's all they cared about. That, that It had become just a way of making money. It had nothing to do with the presence of God. It had nothing to do with sacrifice. It had nothing to do with celebration. It had nothing to do with anything. It was just a business. And um, it was not even a... Uh, uh, they had over time made it... Um, taking advantage of everybody. The money changers were taking advantage of people. They weren't, uh, the animals weren't the best and the, all the things that were supposed to happen, all of it had, they'd, they'd lost the point of what was taking place, that their sin had separated them from God and, and that this was something they were to do to um, demonstrate how precious God was um, in their lives. And, and they were, they had be, it had become such a ritual and a formality that it had lost all sense of meaning and purpose and, and so he, he, he's telling uh, and the people who were coming also um, rather than it, it being something that cost them other than some money but it was supposed to cost them at a deeper level so they never took it for granted um, everybody had taken these shortcuts and this is why Jesus gets so set see the temple was the manifest presence of God in the earth it was to be a place where the focus was always about knowing and loving and treasuring God. That's what the entire thing was set up to be. And it had changed over time so that it didn't even get close to that any longer. Their focus was wrong because they, they got their eyes off of what really mattered and onto other things. Now, the, the money changers and the people selling the animals, um, you know, the, this is sort of fits with them, I believe, Matthew six nineteen through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so, you know, the the question I I really think that that Jesus was asking is stop making my father's house a, a marketplace is where's your treasure really? What's your focus? What's most important to you? And even to the people that were coming uh, in the process. Matthew 6.33 But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Rather than looking for shortcuts and, and everything else that we can do, it's all about understanding the, the amazing value, the worthiness of God and spending time with him and, and knowing how credible it is that we can spend time with him. The problem was that their focus had shifted off of God, off of the kingdom of God and onto sort of the temporary... Uh, things of day-to-day life, and and I, I I think this question, if we ask it ourselves, will I help us kind of deal with that because we all have a tendency. Not we I shouldn't say we all, but but most of us have a tendency to make that shift. See, rather than our focus being on the eternal, on on God and the things of God and on the kingdom of God where he takes care of everything. We, we often get our focus on the temporary, the, the, the most persistent, the, the, uh, the issues of day-to-day sort of living. Now, it, it doesn't mean that we don't deal with those things, because we have to. We live in a world, and, you know, it's fallen and broken, but we have to live here, and there's things that we have to do. But they should never become our primary focus in life. Our primary focus should always be God, and the things of God, and the kingdom of God. And, and the realization that we should never take for granted is that we have access. It's, it's, We have access to the literal presence of God. We we can enter boldly into the most holy place because of what Jesus has done. We can spend time with God, the Creator. Uh, And and we need to be aware of that, and that needs to become like the most important thing in our life. is this relationship with God that will last forever. You know, I, I say this all the time. The things which are eternal are our relationship with God and our relationship with people in relationship with God that's what's eternal everything else is temporary and so these are the things that need to to get the focus of our time and then from that comes mission which is is helping people who don't yet know God and these things to know him and we spend a lot of time talking about that so so again I think the question um, don't turn my father's house don't turn the presence of God into something sort of ordinary or just kinda mundane we're not special. We're not precious. But understand how amazing it is. And, and understand that, that really it is all about Him. It's all about Him. I, you know, I say that it, it doesn't mean that it's nothing about us because it's some about us, but it's all about Him. And that needs to be what directs us. So, so think about that question this week. Think about that statement this week. It was more of a statement. Stop turning my Father's house into a marketplace. S- you know, stop taking for granted the amazing gift that we've been given in Christ Um, never let it become second to anything else it should always be what the priority is in our lives never let it become you know just kind of part of the the day to day stuff always let it be uh, amazing and and glorious and that, that you know as it was said of Jesus the zeal for for the for the father's house consumed him he was all about the presence of God and he saw all these people who were were just making sort of a mockery of it And he said, don't do that. Don't you realize what's taking place here? And so, think about that this week. And uh, we will talk some more about what Jesus said next week. But that's good enough for this week. If you're watching on video or by television, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you doing that. We'd love for you to come and visit sometime here. Uh, In the meantime, if you need prayer, go to our uh, website and go to the prayer page. And we will be happy to pray for you.